You are listening to More to the Story, a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, More to the Story podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday Sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Now, here is more to the story. Welcome to the Forefront Church Podcast. This week we have with us Pastor Darren Enns. How you doing this morning, Pastor Darren Enns? Always good. Thanks, Rob. Pastor Drew Tarwater, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Merry Christmas, guys. Just a couple weeks out from Christmas. Absolutely. And we're recording today on 12-12, which is actually mic check day. So if we can all check our mics, it's one, check, two, check. one, two. One, one, two, one, two. One, two, two, two. One, two, one, two. My favorite way is before we start recording here, Darren actually goes, hey, Drew, what'd you have for breakfast? And I said, Bacon. God's greatest gift in the new covenant. Well, one of his greatest gifts, That's not a, his greatest gift, but one of them. And then his, I'm like, I was, cause I'm listening like, what is he doing? Oh, he's just testing his microphone to see it is when he gets higher levels. I'm like, I'm like, wow. What? I'm like, well played. That's a varsity tech move right there. That is. That's hey, a, what'd you have for breakfast? Oh, uh, kale. Yeah. Right, That's not a good mic check volume. All right, all right. <laughs> kale. It's Creek yogurt with some berries. Yeah. So. But uh, And I'm Rob Lazzi. We thank you guys for listening. Today, we're just tackling this question, why does God allow evil? So we're going to start with Drew on that one, just because it's a heavy question. Ooh, let's start with the easy stuff, right? Do you want to recap why we're talking about it? Yeah, let's talk about that. So Sunday, we were looking at the story of Jesus in John 7, 8, and 9. And Jesus is at this Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem, and the disciples and Jesus come across a blind man, and the disciples ask the question to Jesus. They say, Jesus, and they point to the blind man who's a blind beggar sitting outside the gate of the temple, and he says, who sinned? Why is he blind? Was his parents, did they sin? Was it the fault of his parents, or was it his fault? Was there like some prenatal sin that happened or did something happen, you know, in his life that God's punishing him basically because of his sin. And it revealed this undercurrent that we see in our time today, but it also was really prominent in, you know, ancient Jewish culture, which was that there was this view of reward and punishment. So if you were obedient to God and you did what he said, then uh, you would be rewarded. And if you were uh, disobedient to God and didn't do what he said, you would be punished. And, and you do see that throughout the Old Testament in, in many different ways. But there was this, you, you know, when you, when you see like another country come in and dominate Israel or you see Israel taken into captivity, a lot of that was the result of their sin. But they asked this, you know, there's this belief that, you know, if you had a disability or if you had some, some brokenness, then that was the result of sin in your life. And we kind of see that today in the prosperity gospel, don't we? We see people say, well, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with this disability. It's because you don't have enough faith. Um, it's just really in, in kind of an ugly view. And so they asked Jesus that question, right? Like, why, basically, why does this happen to this man? Who sinned? You know, they immediately pushed blame on him. And Jesus says this amazing thing. He said, well, nobody sinned. He said it wasn't the result of him sinning or his parents sinning, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. And what Jesus is subtly saying is that it wasn't his sin that led to his disability, 
But it was the fact that we live in this broken world where evil does exist. And, and so it, it really, Jesus doesn't necessarily engage in the conversation in this text, um, but it, it poses that question. Then, okay, if, if it wasn't his fault that he's blind, then whose fault is it? And I think it brings us to the bigger question. Why does God allow bad things to happen? And why does God allow evil into the world? No, it's an interesting thought on there. And well, my always thought when you think about evil is like, have you ever had a conversation with someone where you have a different worldview, Darren? Where it's, uh, yeah. And like a lot of times, like the idea comes up is like, you may disagree completely on what it may be. And, but then they go, well, that's just wrong or that's bad. And the mm-hmm. best time, best thing I can do then is those situations go, at least we agree that there's good and bad or there's evil and good, that there's a definition there of something that, you know, it's like there's a morality in there in someone's heart, even when they don't want to claim like good and bad in certain things. Like they don't, they don't want to define terms until they go, this feels wrong to me. Yeah, everyone has this innate ability to distinguish good and evil, and that that's it's reflected in the story from Genesis three in the in the garden. Now, again, if if we don't think about the story being so literal that Adam and Eve ate this fruit which gave them the knowledge of good and evil, but it's 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 a commentary on this fact that humanity does have this idea of what is good and evil or what is right and wrong. And every single human has that. The problem is that every single human is defining it in their own way. And that's one of the the greatest um, things that we can learn from that story in, in the garden, is that every single human now defines good and evil on their own terms. And that's how we get different religions. That's how we get different cultures who some people think it is good to do this. Others think it is bad to do that. And, and we can't, it's really hard to talk across those lines. But Rob, you, you uh, before we, were, we started recording, you were talking about this, this art gallery type thing. Yeah. I want you to, I want you to spat some knowledge because I okay, think it's so, really good. So in the idea of <laughs> worldviews, I think one of the biggest, the biggest frustrations I see is like, whenever you're talking worldviews with friends and because in, as a Christian, people are like, well, what about, you know, the Crusades or all these things that Christianity has done, had done evil in God's name which is you know, what's breaking the second commandment there, like don't do evil in the name of God. Um, but then, then the Christian goes, well, what about your atheist worldview and all what you know atheists have done and you know the murders they've done over the time? Or pick the worldview that you can always pick the negative out of it. Like what if you take the worldviews and shine them in the greatest light possible and go, here are the good things. It's like if you're an art curator... You may have your favorite piece. I steal this from John Dixon. He's the one Australian historian guy who, who I stole this from. But his the idea is going, if you put all of them in the best light possible, let the best artwork become so. And you may have your favorite piece, but if you're the art curator, you're going to shine the best light on all of them to show them in their best light so they look the best and most appealing to anybody. And I believe if you do that, Christianity will stand out on its own as if you want to call it the best art piece, the best worldview of just how it stands up against the other worldviews. I like that imagery. You know, I think Rob, as you talk about this problem of evil, like why does a God, why does God, if he's good, allow bad things to happen? However you want to frame the question. If you take that, the same, you know, art gallery image 
and you say, okay, let's, let's set out just every worldview of why evil happens, or let's set out every worldview of just the reality. The thing is, it doesn't matter if you are an atheist, a Christian, an agnostic, a Hindu follower, a believer, <clears throat> you are going to recognize that there, this suffering exists in this world, that everybody has to deal with suffering. Everybody loses loved ones, right? Everybody has people in their culture that are born with disabilities, you know, I was, I was looking up some statistics on disabilities uh, this week, and I don't know if you guys knew this, but one out of every 30-ish babies are born with a disability. So, you know, if you think about it, it's like 3%, you know, almost 3% of kids are, are born disabled um, in some fashion, and a huge percentage of those are unexplained. You know, I mean, there is a percentage of these, yes, that comes from um, birth defects because of genetics. There is a, a percentage of these that come from birth defects because of the parents doing sinful things like fetal alcohol syndrome or, or things like that. But but there's this huge number of um, of these disabilities that that kids are born with. Fifty to seventy percent are are unknown. And so you know, you look and you go, man. How could that happen? Like, why would so many kids be born with just these disabilities? How unfair is that? And it's super unfair, um, you know, but we look at it and say, well, how come, you know, this is the case? And, and we look and there's got to be an, a reason, right? Because there's so much brokenness. And I think what the Christian worldview does is it looks back and says, okay, the answer to the reason that there's brokenness in the world is sin. Right. So we want to try to answer it all these different ways from different worldviews. You know, atheists might say, well, it's because, um, you know, of natural selection or these different things. But as a Christian, we're going to say, no, it's because of sin. When sin entered the world, everything was broken from that. And so why does God allow evil to happen? Because God doesn't didn't make us to be robots and he's not a puppet master. And so he gives us free will. We use that free will. To, to disobey him and reject him. And because of that, we all now have sin, a sin nature. And the reality of living in a broken world with hurricanes and tornadoes is that babies are born blind and babies are born without the use of their legs and people suffer and battle cancer and all these things. And it's, we don't, like you said earlier, we don't like that answer, Rob, because it seems like we're just trying to, to fit it in a box. But th- I think that worldview reality is sin has broken everything. God didn't, God doesn't make it happen for us, but God does allow it. Um, and there is some mystery in there. But as Jesus says, God allows it so that he, his works can be glorified in us, meaning that even in our brokenness, God wants to use the weakness in our lives and those things that the world would say, oh, man, well, Rob, you can never be great because you were born blind or whatever. And God says, no, let me use your blindness. Let me use that disability to show you my strength. So you stop trusting in yourself and you start trusting in me. And so there's so much beauty that comes out of recognizing how God wants to use the brokenness in our life. But the big answer, I think, is that sin has, has, has come on and fractured the world. And then God wants to redeem that by using the, the strength and power of Jesus in our lives. I think the conversation around sin is really interesting because a lot of people, I think, in our American culture don't really know what sin is anymore. There's a generic thought that people are good and like we're progressing towards this society where everyone is is good. And and that's 
it, it's just completely, it's, it's not true. It's not working. There's this utopian vision that we have that will never come to pass. We've thought about that for quite some time. So um, I, I, like, I like a lot what you said, Drew, especially with sin there, because we need to, to think about that and, and relate it into our own culture's, culture's terms. Um, and, and as you said, Rob, like if, if we're really willing to have a conversation about this, like so, if someone asked me, like in, in a conversation, it's, it's probably hopefully going to be because they're legitimately wondering, like Nicodemus in John three comes in private to earnestly ask Jesus questions. He wants to know, um, where there's other stories where it's a public questioning, like the, the Pharisees and teachers of the law ask Jesus a question in public in order to trap him. Like they're, they're trying to, you know, create uh, issues and, and discredit him. Of course, Jesus is Jesus and that never works. But if you're willing to have a conversation and use our brains that God gave us, whether you think God gave them or not, uh, <laughs> if God didn't allow evil, then none of us would be here because all humans at some point are inherently evil. Like ask any parent, kids are <laughs> just little evil people and we have to train that out of them. Wretched sinners. <laughs> yes, it's a, there's there's no a, no better demonstration of the of the inherent sin of humanity than your toddler, you know, not following your your directions, which you know are good for them, but they just won't do it. So anyway, um, and I, some you, you said, Drew, I'll, I'll capitalize on too that it's it is far more quote loving for an autonomous being like a human who has the power of choice, it's far more loving for that person to choose to love and obey God rather than God creating pre-programmed computers who have no choice. And if God's going to allow autonomous beings to have a choice, that means that evil will also be in the world. And the thing that Christianity says when compared to all the other religions is that God is coming back to fix this. In fact, he has already begun it in our, in our day and time. Jesus and, and what he did theologically on the cross and actually physically, spiritually, by re- being raised from the dead, has begun to fix this problem. And all of us who trust in what Jesus has done is a new creation. That evil that, it, that we have that was just infused in all of us, and Jeremiah talks about this, like we all need a new heart. There was something wrong with the ancient Israelites, so they could not follow the law because they, they had this just nature that couldn't overcome the, the power of sin. And so something had to be done. And that thing that had to be done was Jesus. And he now has given us this new, new heart where we can start to overcome this evil. It will still tempt us and we will still fall into it. Um, but, but someday Jesus is coming back to fix it. And the last thing I'll say is that the Bible records several times where God actually does come and he destroys evil in judgment. One of those is in the flood. And I've preached on that, um, a couple times. Uh, and we, we talked about in that podcast here that, that evil had grown to such a great amount that in order for God's goodness to be preserved, he had to come in and judge humanity and wipe everybody out and almost restart with a, a new type of creation uh, in, in Adam or in uh, Noah and, and the ark and all that kind of stuff. And so he actually does step in and stop evil. However, the same type of person who would question why God allows evil would also be uncomfortable with God coming and removing evil. So there's a double standard here that we have to be careful not to get trapped in. Because if you think that God allows evil and you don't like him for it, then you also have to be okay with when he comes in and judges evil. Because we get stories like that in the Bible. He does that with the flood. He does that with Egypt. He does that with Israel when they become Egypt and start to oppress. And then there's Babylon and there's Assyria and there's all kinds of... Even the 
that the Jewish people in AD 70 um, were were judged when Rome came in and wiped out the temple because they tried to rebel. So um, there's all kinds of stories like that, and we have to be careful not to have a double standard there. Yeah, I, uh, you know, thinking about this, Darren, you know, I think in many conversations I've had with people, and I, man, I, I want to recognize and be sensitive that when people walk through really hard situations and, and suffering happens in your life, it is really really, you know, there's no timetable for grief and mourning. And it, it is really hard sometimes to juggle in your mind. Like, you know, God, I, I follow you. I love you. Why'd you allow me to get cancer? Right. And these kind of things while someone else maybe, um, went through their cancer treatment and they have never had a relapse. And, and so there is so much that we don't understand about why God does allow these things in our lives. And, and we know we can, we can run off a list of things. Hey, you know, God, when, when we do suffer, you know, it draws us closer to God. It gives us a better perspective. It makes us stronger. It helps us speak to other people who have gone through suffering. And so suffering brings out so much good in our life, but it's really hard. And at the same time, it's like, well, God, why'd you allow me to go through that and not somebody else? And I think a lot of the people, um, we talked about atheism earlier, a lot of the people who find themselves not believing God exists because of the problem of evil typically went through a situation where they saw somebody around them suffer and they went to a situation where maybe they even prayed to God. You know, maybe they grew up in, uh, you know, in a Christian home and they saw mom get cancer and uh, mom suffered really bad and they prayed, God, take away her cancer. And when God didn't do it, in their mind, the answer was, well, no, God doesn't exist then. Why would a good God allow a bad thing to happen to good people? And so I think circling back to understanding this picture of us all, you know, of all of life being in the, the showroom at a, at a, you know, um, at a museum and like the light shines in shows that, that we live in a broken world, but it's God's light that is shining out saying, but I am the answer that comes to fix the solution. And I am the one that comes to fix what is broken. And that's why I sent Jesus. And if we, as people, Sometimes we have to step outside of our own situation to realize that, wow, you know, okay, yes, this is my perspective and it's really hard, but, but we all are facing the same challenge. doesn't matter where you live or what worldview you, you know, follow. We all are battling the fact that we live in a broken world. So what is the ultimate answer? And the only clear answer, Rob, as you said, I believe when you look at it all under the same light at the museum is that it's the Christian worldview that Jesus came to fix what was broken because we need someone bigger than us to come because we can't fix it on our own. No, it's again, it's interesting when you look at other worldviews and what they say about suffering or the problem of suffering. And you mentioned it quickly, like with like, say, uh, evolutionary theology, where if someone believes this is where we, you know, we came from nothing, we go to nothing, which makes the middle a big nothing. So it's all, then that one's more of a, a random chaotic choices where it's harder to go like, I mean, it's like, that doesn't answer suffering. It just says it's all random and chaotic, which and the that strong actually oppress the weak. Always. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. And then, then if you get out of some of the, like the the Middle Eastern religions, like uh, you know, out of like Muslim and Christianity, and even uh, like with the Judaism with the Jews, or whatever that would be called. Sorry if I didn't get that right. They're all then, Middle like, Eastern religions. Interestingly, middle, yeah, they, they came from the same place. They all came That's from a, Abrahamic religions. Yeah, as uh, you look at Buddha, which is interesting, where it's like their whole their four noble tenets is life is suffering. 
you know, the cause of suffering is craving. The end of suffering comes with an end of craving, which is like a detachment from anything that you may like. And then there's a path that there's a path which one away leads one away from suffering and craving. And then their answer for suffering is, well, they did something in a past life. Very similar to the question asked to Jesus. Right. It's that very, it's that karma reincarnation mm-hmm. mentality, which I think has actually crept into the church at times in certain people's worldviews where it's like, Hey, yeah, you're going through rough times because you know, it's a tough to know when is God punishing you or if you're going, or if it's just the, you know, the sin fallen world or, you know, and then someone, the idea of mentality of going, you know, this is karma, something coming back to you, which we all kind of, it sounds like an appealing thing until it comes back to us. We like, we, I think Darren has said this a number of times and Drew probably as well. It's like, we all love grace when it's our turn. But yeah, boy, when it's right. someone else, you know, doesn't return their shopping cart, we want karma. Yeah. I think one of the hardest questions or one of the hardest, uh, how do I want to say this? It, it's like the one, one of the most potentially damaging things to say, and, and it, it, it is true sometimes, but not every time is, um, when and I, I've heard people say this, oh, my, my pastor told me, or I think God is just trying to teach me a lesson through the suffering. And I'm like, well, okay, let's think about that. Like God is, is causing you to suffer and he wants, he's, he's doing this to teach you a lesson. Like you've done bad and you got like, okay, no. Well, okay. First, it is an opportunity to grow in your faith. That, that is true, but it is not necessarily true that God is causing this to happen to you in order for you to learn this valuable life lesson. What's more common, I think, is that this world is just broken. It's just evil, and this is going to happen. And so when that happens, Jesus says, trust in, trust in your Father, trust in God. Like it's, you, and you can grow in, in this thing, but it's not as though God is like watching. Are, are you going to learn this lesson? Like, Drew, you shared the story <laughs> where you told your daughter, like, no, the, the, the stove is hot. It's not like God is allowing you to go close to the oven to touch it. It's like, oh, there you go. You learned your lesson now. That's not necessarily the case, even though there are, we can grow in our faith. No, it's funny when you say that. Like, I always joke when people go like, hey, I just, I need to grow in my patience. Like, and they're like, I'm going to pray for patience. I go, ask for it kindly. <laughs> ask for it kindly. <laughs> Because how many stories do you hear like, yeah. boy, I broke my leg on the ski slope and God, you know, you know, gave me, pa- you know, teach me patience. It's like, I don't, I don't want to learn patience that way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and I love what James, you know, Jesus' half brother said in James, he's like, you know, when, tr- when trials come rejoice, which is crazy for us to even think about that. But he says rejoice because you're going to uh, grow in patience and endurance and all these things. And he says, but you know, don't ever say when I'm tempted or, you know, we can take it the next step when you're going through suffering that God brought it to you. He said, no, God's the giver of good gifts. God doesn't allow God doesn't bring anything bad into your life. But when you, when you, if you go cheat on your spouse and you end up getting divorced and you have a broken family, that's a consequence of your sin. Um, and, and so there are consequences of our sin that we experience, you know, and you could give a million examples of that, but the reality is that, that God did allow that sin to happen, but God didn't bring it to you. That's the result of us being fallen beings living in a fallen world. But when we lean into God's grace and God's truth and let God grow us from the inside out, 
the, the, the distance between our brokenness activities begins to grow, right? Like we just learn to be more obedient and to trust what God says is right for us. And we begin to experience a little bit less brokenness. Uh, it's still around us. It's still there. But we can learn to have power over sin, as Darren was saying earlier, and be able to experience this good life that Jesus came to bring us as much as we can on this side of heaven. No, it's all interesting thoughts because one of my big thoughts like with like the museum with the art and the lights is like if you shine stuff light within the best context and then also if you have at least enough of an understanding of a worldview like whether it's how evil comes about or whatever to why does that worldview looks appealing like if you because if you don't understand why something's appealing like i can i can kind of understand why drew's Kansas City Chiefs fan, why Darren's a Niners fan. That's a little bit more of a stretch. But you can kind of figure it out where it's like, if you have another, oh, they're from that area or they have connections to that area. Okay, that makes sense. It's like, why would someone believe in evolutionary theology where it's all, you know, you know, the strong oppresses the weak? Well, that makes sense. We see that in our world. It may, there's some sense to it that is made. Or the idea of karma in the Buddhist worldview where it's like, you know, life is suffering and, you know, these things happen. But like, there's something that I think at least tugs in my heart. You go like, that's not a good enough answer. And that's where Jesus comes in where it's like, I did it for you instead of you do it for you. It's like, and I think that's the... A loving God is more compelling than a far off God, like do my bidding or else. Right? It's like, no, I I did my own bidding for you. Now, please come. Yeah. The door's open. Yeah, no, I I believe most atheists and agnostics... have a more of a self-divinity worldview where they're their own God is really what they're saying. They may not say it in that, that directive terms, but when you start asking them about how they believe and what they believe, that's what the, you know, the root of what they're saying is versus, you know, as in a Christian worldview where we believe a loving God came down to save us from what we've done. He paid the price for us. Right. So with that, any... Any parting thoughts here, Pastor Darren Enns? Man, we didn't even get to talk about John 7 today. I'm sad. Because I, I think Drew did a great job about giving context. Bonus episode coming up soon. Really? Okay. <laughs> and a Christmas possible episode with possible possible guests. Talk about your tease without it set up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots Pastor of good things coming. You know, you, the Christmas gift to our podcast listeners is lots of fun bonus episodes on the way. Absolutely. Pastor Where we digress for like five or ten minutes instead of getting to the main topic. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Pastor Drew Tallwater, any parting thoughts? You know, my, I, I love this topic because I think it, it engages us all at, at a certain level. Like all of us at some point in our life have said, you know, God, why do you allow good things to happen or bad things to happen to good people? Or why do you allow evil to exist and suffering to exist? And I think if we can step back for just a moment and realize that, the suffering in our life is not related to the fact that God is disappointed in us or that we made God mad or that God doesn't love us, but our suffering is related to the fact that we live in a broken world, but that Jesus has come to redeem us and that when he does, when we say yes to Jesus, God sees us through Jesus. So God doesn't see our sin. God doesn't see our mess. God wants what's best for us. There is so much freedom in that that I'm not walking on eggshells trying to be this perfect person, but Jesus was the perfect person and he did it for me. 
And, and now I can live from the victory of Jesus, not not trying to get my own victory. And I can live not trying to earn God's love, but I can live from God's love because he already loved me before I was ever desirable. And that just creates so much freedom for us to live in, in Jesus and realize that it's not about me trying to prove how good I am, but it's, it's me showing how good he is. And I just feel like, man, if there's one thing for us to reflect on at Christmas, it's that's why Jesus came to carry it all for us. So we didn't have to. And now we can just respond by being the people he created us to be. So I just love that, that beautiful picture of, of who Jesus is. No, absolutely. If you have questions, thoughts, sharing with us, uh, life at forefrontchurch.tv, or if you're at uh, forefront on the weekends, send a, there's a commu- communications box in the back, fill out a connection card, put the question there. We'd love to hear from you putting together a Q and a episode here for you guys as well. This is actually probably gonna be one of those questions we'll revisit, revisit in Q and a can't do Q and a without the question of good and evil for that is <laughs> right. for sure. That's so it. guys, thank you so much. Pastor Darren ends, Pastor Drew Tar- Tarwater and I'm Rob Blasi. Thank you so much. You have been listening to more to the story, a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, More to the Story podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday Sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another edition of More to the Story.